It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really, really amazing show. I'll introduce my guest shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be really great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I went to a live event last week on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's always a great time to learn from people who are speaking on stage. It's also a great time to meet new people. In fact, on this occasion, I even got a few minutes of stage time with the event promoter to talk about my new book, which was really exciting. I started thinking about how a speaker's credibility changes when that person gets on stage. For me, I'm the same guy I am off stage. But the perception is a little different in the eyes of people who saw you because now you are seen as the expert in your field. There was a guy who ran a booth at this event who approached me afterward and wanted to discuss a possible collaboration in the near future. Then I had someone else say he wanted to collaborate with me on something else. It was pretty magical how it all unfolded. If you've spent time building your brand and your reputation, consider getting on stage if you haven't. I know many people are afraid to speak in public, and I know this because I taught public speaking for several years in a college environment. But here's the reality. You can fast-track your career by creating a platform, such as a radio show or a magazine like I've done, and then parlay that into a bigger opportunity. If you want to talk about how this is possible, you can email me. Brian at BrianKWright.com, B-R-I-A-N, Brian at BrianKWright.com. I would be happy to discuss how I can help you build your presence, and it would be an honor and a privilege to do so. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my very special guest this week. Her name is Cami Baker. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Cami Baker is an international speaker, fiercely entrepreneurial, HGTV House Hunters veteran, and founder of the World Wide NetWeb. She's given over 1,000 presentations to audiences as large as 30,000 people. Her keynote, Mingle the Millions, The Art of Science and Building Business Relationships and Mastering Referrals is also the name of her book. Cammy has worked with companies like Berkshire Hathaway, Ronald McDonald House, Keller Williams, and hundreds of other groups assisting their people in the art and science of building resources, relationships, and revenues that rock. She's been featured in Success From Home magazine. She's been on HGVTV twice and has been a judge on NBC's The Celebrity Apprentice. We'll discuss all of this and so much more today. And so here we are with my very special guest, Cammy Baker. How are you today, Cammy? You know, I got to say it, Brian. I am fabulous, fierce, and on fire. That's right. And you have a live podcast every Wednesday, Facebook Live, that you do that is called That. Actually, it's on Fridays because it's Fabulous, Fierce, and on Fire Fridays with Friends. Oh, Fridays. That's right. Okay, good. And I got to be on that once. That was really fun. We had a great time. Yeah. Okay. So here's the first thing I always ask. I'd love to get a sense of my guests' background, their backstory, maybe some things that maybe you overcame and how you got to where you are now. We'll spend this whole first segment on this. Well, you know, as I was listening to you read my bio, I thought, wow, you know, what an impressive lineup of things that that I've been able to do. But boy, it didn't start out that way, Brian. Ooh, boy. Um, About 17 years ago, 
I moved from one part of the country to another part of the country. I had a baby that was less than a year old. I moved on a on a, a wing and a prayer and a promise of a relationship with her father that just flat out didn't work out. Um, I was a full-blown alcoholic. I didn't know anyone, and I was miserable, depressed, and literally laying on the couch contemplating suicide. And the only reason I didn't do it was because by this time, my daughter was about two and I thought, if I kill myself, she's going to grow up wondering what was wrong with her that mommy didn't want to live. Oh. And it was really the only thing that kept me from doing it, that and, and also just want, really just not really wanting to die, but not wanting to live, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but not having the courage to actually do anything about it. Um, and then there came a point where, you know what, I, I went to pick my daughter up from daycare because even with all that going on, I still had a job and I still took care of her as best I could under the circumstances. And so I had her in daycare and I, 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 I got there to pick her up one day. She was about two years old, cute little blonde girl with brown eyes. And I've been over to pick her up, Brian. And, and when I when I picked her up and she's smiling in my face, I'm breathing on her and I can smell the alcohol in my own breath. Mm. And I realized that I needed to change. I was going to be the embarrassing mother on the couch that she was afraid to bring friends home to. I just had a real realization in that moment that if anybody was going to fix me, it was me. Mm -hmm. And so I put the bottle down. I, I, I got help. I got the help that I needed from people who had already been there and done that. And from there, I, I ended up getting a job in a real estate office. Um, magically, the people there didn't drink. It wasn't that they were hiding it or trying to limit it or any of the things that I knew about life. They were just normal people living a normal life. And that was really, really supportive for me. And it started my journey of, of, of stepping back into, uh, into reality. I, when I was eight years old, I was selling gum to other kids for a profit. So I, I had always had a business mindset, but I just let some really bad decisions uh, really cloud what was going on. And so thank God I, I, I put the bottle down and I stepped into um, being in a business where it was necessary to get out and meet people. And, uh, and I realized that I needed to meet them in a different way. That is mind blowing. I, I did not know that about you and I would never have guessed, but thank goodness you, you got what you needed out of that. That's amazing. <clears throat> would you say that that's about the time you decided to really own your power? Well, it, it was a time that I realized I had power. <laughs> that's yes, uh, that's important. You know, there's <clears throat> I, I really, truly believe that about 97 percent of the population is walking around not realizing the powerful being that they are. And I say that so specifically because a lot of what I teach, a lot of what I um, what I owned then and what I help my clients and, and the companies I work with own now is is who are we being? Who are we being in the moment? But but to take a, a big step back to, to where I was is, you know, it was it was finding people who had what I wanted all along the way. The alcoholism was the first thing that I that I took hold of by getting mentors, if you will, to help me with that. And then as I got into real estate, I realized I had a lot of growth to 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 do. I mean, mm -hmm. people are not going to just hand their biggest asset over to, to somebody who felt like like I felt about myself. And there was a little bit of a journey of a couple of years in there where I was being mentored and I started going to to uh, self-development seminars. I remember my my very first mentor gave me a book by uh, a pamphlet, really, by Price Pritchett called You Squared. 
you, the, the word you with a little two on it, you squared, just a little 50-page pamphlet that I read in a couple hours on an airplane, but boy, did it start me on my journey. And I listened to cassettes way back when cassettes were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, one of them was "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway," mm-hmm. and I must have listened to that cassette a hundred times until it was dragging. And I started going to seminars and uh, learning about NLP and body language and just reading books. You know, thank God, honestly, this all was before the Internet was so prevalent because, you know, now I love to listen to radios. I love to listen to podcasts and and uh, Zig Ziglar and and all the greats. Um, But back then, I actually picked up a book and Mm. read it, and it really just changed everything for me, Brian. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, Zig Ziglar is amazing. In fact, I'm scheduled to interview Tom Ziglar next week, so need to reconfirm that. But yeah, that'll be really awesome. Uh, he's been on my show before. This will be his second time. So you've always had an entrepreneurial spirit about you. When did you decide to start your first quote unquote real business? I know real estate is a business because you are, you know, in terms of uh, in charge of generating your own leads and your own sales and such. But once you left real estate, then what happened? Well, you know, real business, I I actually have had brick and mortar. I owned a bar restaurant when I was 23 to 30 years old, which is really where I learned to be an alcoholic, too. (laughs) But uh, but but, you know, I've I've had I've had a lot of businesses. But I think the question you're asking is, is when I stepped out of real estate and stepped into this, uh, the Mingle to Millions brand uh, that I'm that I'm in now. And it was a little bit of a journey with real estate, with network marketing, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. In network marketing, there is a lot, a lot of personal growth that has to happen in order to be successful in that business. And I had a team of 10,000 people by the time it was all said and done, and I personally recruited 131. And in that business, not only did I did I have to study and learn and step up and step out and step into a new way of being myself, I got the honor and the privilege of working personally with hundreds of people that were just having the worst time shaking hands and talking to strangers and calling people that they knew when they were out of their comfort zone, talking about something that they didn't understand. And and I just really, really realized, wow, I have been doing case study after case study after case study of all these folks. You know, it started with one person at a coffee shop, teaching them how to network and how to create business conversations to 20 people in my living room sitting around on the floor in the couch and me with a flip chart and talking about, you know, how to how to create conversation all the way to getting on stages as large as 30,000. And so it was all of that that led up to me creating Mingle to Millions. That is absolutely amazing. And we've got less than two minutes to our first break. I would imagine that your first attempts at networking weren't very <laughs> successful. I mean, we all, everybody who's really good at something started out being terrible and you've got to be willing to be terrible at first if you want to get good. Well, as a matter of fact, I've said many times, if you want to be great, you first got to be good. And if you want to be good, you first got to be really, really bad. And if you yep. want to be bad, you got to start. Yes. And w- when we get back from break, I'll tell you the difference between squirrels, skunks, sharks, and spiders and in a networking atmosphere, and I'll tell you exactly how I figured out these these different stereotypes that you all will recognize when I lay them out for you. They're the first part of the book. They're in the first couple of pages. But, yes, I was a skunk, I was a squirrel, and I was a shark, and I learned how to be a spider. 
fantastic. We will be right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we will talk about Cami Baker's book, Mingle to Millions, and we will talk about the do's and the dotes of networking, and, and we'll discuss the different archetypes that she just described, and she'll tell us what they all are. And as you think back about your own networking experiences, I'm sure you will recognize and be able to remember somebody who fit each of these categories. In fact, at this event that I was just at this last weekend, it was really pretty cool. I didn't have people just trying to shove business cards in my hand, but they always asked the question that people tend to want to ask is, what do you do? Boring. We'll fix that when we come back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and I'm... Brian K. Wright. My very special guest this week is Cammie Baker, and we will discuss her book, Mingle to Millions, momentarily. I also do want to mention that I have a new book that came out just a few weeks ago called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's available on Amazon. It's available in your Barnes & Noble store. Walk in there and get it. If they don't have it, ask for it. They'll order it for you. I would be really fired up to have you get that and read it. I've gotten some great, amazing feedback from it so far. You can also download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio for free on iTunes anytime you like, and I would love that as well. So, Cami, let's talk about your book, Mingle to Millions. How did you decide that it was time for you to write a book? Well, you know, I think that anyone who writes a book, it's 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 a baby that needs to be birthed. Yes. Like. 
once you're pregnant, you're not turning around and going back. You got to have it now. And yeah. uh, and and when you just feel the calling to to get your meth- message and your method and your mission out of your mouth, you, you got to get it down. And I know you help people write their books, and yep. so you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yep, I've got yeah. three books now, and I want to have a whole bunch more—not just for myself, but for my clients as well. <laughs> so you like having multiple babies? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, Mingle to Millions—you uh, know—for me is also a way to monetize it. I'm, I'm, it is the best calling card God ever created. If I knew how great it was to have a book, I would have written one ten years ago, uh, and it would have been a different book then. But you know, just to speak a little bit about the beginning of the book, because we were talking about the archetypes, and this is just. It's so funny to to talk about them because everyone listening, if you've ever been to a networking event, period, you've you've seen these folks. And if you don't recognize these archetypes, you just haven't been to enough networking events. So um, so let's let's start out with with the first one. And this is the person who is going up to everyone. Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. And they're shoving a card in your hand. You don't know them. You haven't even talked to them yet. They are spraying those cards all over the room. They're spraying and praying that somebody will call them. And it's quite repulsive and repelling. Those would be the sharks. Uh, excuse me, the squirrels. Have you ever seen a squirrel, Brian? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. A skunk. My yes. goodness. Skunks, right? Skunks yep. are very repelling. And they're, 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 they're spraying. And so then there's the people who are grabbing cards, grabbing cards, grabbing cards. Can I have your card? Can I have your card? Can I have your card? They go around and they grab them off the tables. And if there's a box going around the room with everybody's card, they're going through and pulling all these cards out. And they've got this stack of cards in their pocket, in their purse, on their desk, in their briefcase. They're squirreling these cards away. For what? I'm not really sure. Maybe yeah. just to blast you with an email list. But these are the squirrels. They're, they're just grabbing a bunch of cards, but they never actually connect with anybody. You've met those people too, right? Yes. Then, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, here comes the shark. Yes. The shark, you can see them when they shake hands with you. They're even looking around the room looking for the next person or victim to talk to. They want to know if you want to buy their product, join their company, sit down and sign a contract. You can tell, you can feel when you're with them that they are out to take advantage. They just want what they want. They smell blood in the water. And if you're not the one that's going to feed them, somebody else will. And you better either feed them or get out of the way. Do you know those people too, Brian? Yes, I do. I have been all three of those in one night. I've been a skunk. I've been a squirrel. And I've been a shark because I've been extremely aggressive assertive, hungry, starving, desperate, scared. I've had a child that I needed to feed. I've had rent that I needed to pay. I've had, you know, just credit cards piling up, et cetera, et cetera. I think we can all feel a little bit of that at one time or another in our lives. Yeah. And I would imagine that when you are in that desperate moment, it is so hard to hide that. How do you, how did you manage to do that? Well, you know what? Thank God when I was in that place, I did so much of it that I did enough business to keep my head above water, keep my child fed, 
and to just keep moving forward. And as I was getting educated, as I was learning, as I was starting to realize body language and and what I was doing and the bridges that I was burning and the, the relationships that I wasn't securing because of my aggressive nature. So frankly, while all that was going on, you know, if you're going to be that aggressive, then boy, go all the way out because you're going to ruin a lot of relationships. So you better get some business out of it. But what happened for me, Brian, is that thank God I've also been very aware, like the, the more sober I got, the more present that I got, the more I started to notice. And when I started working with other people, I was still really aggressive when I got into that network marketing business. And as I started working with other people and noticing these qualities in them and noticing how uh, how icky and gross mm-hmm. and repelling and 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 um, just not attractive mm-hmm. that was. That's right. when I really started to learn about the fourth archetype, which I'll share with you now. Okay, go ahead. So when we think about a spider, we think about that she places herself where there's going to be a lot of activity, where she knows that there's going to be a lot of what she wants to be there, and so she starts to place connections. Connection in this corner down to that branch, from this piece of wood over to that rock or wherever she is. And these connections start to crisscross and crisscross. And she's very strategic about it. And she knows that the more connections she has and the more they overlap and the more she touches one connection to another, that she's going to have this web. And once this web is created, think about the spider. And people will say, oh, yeah, she's then she eats something or she pounces on something. No, she doesn't. Now that her web is there, she sits back and she simply waits for that which she wants to come to her. Mm. Now, this is a simple analogy, but when you think about it, if you don't want to be skunking people and squirreling people and, God forbid, sharking on people, what about creating connections strategically and connecting those connections and creating this web that is so structured and so leveraged that all that you want naturally comes to you. And I'll give you a good point. You and I are right here on this wonderful radio show that you, you've had 270 guests. I saw at least that was Mm -hmm. on the website that I looked at and I have honor. I have the honor of being put in the room with, with people like Tom Ziegler and others, Darren Hardy, one of my biggest mentors ever. And Mm -hmm. I'm on the same radio show as those folks because of the web, I was able to create a relationship with a woman named Stacy who thought enough of me and enough of you to put us in contact. Yes. And now that we are in contact, not only do we have fabulous conversation, not only do we hit it off thick as thieves, not only are we going to be doing business together for years, but now here I am able to serve your, your community and just being so honored as to be a guest uh, among such greats in this industry. And it's because of creating the worldwide net web. If I was sharking Stacy or skunking or squirreling her at that event that I met her at, I never would have met you and I wouldn't be having this opportunity. So this is what I'm talking about when it comes to being a spider as opposed to those other archetypes. Absolutely. And I'm very happy and grateful for this as well. So you coin a term in your book called net webbing. It's, it's an interesting and unusual word. Tell us what that means for you and what we should get out of it. Well, no one likes the word networking. They right, just don't. The word work is in it. Yeah, so no one likes well, that. 
And interestingly enough, I was I was going to use the word net play. I'd rather play than work, net play instead of net work. But somebody else already actually t- trademarked that word. And so oh. right before the book came out, which already had net play all through it, I was um, forced. I'll just go ahead and use a really powerful word because I was I was I was forced to be inspired. And, an, and a friend of mine actually t- gave me NetWeb. She it was kind of divinely inspired for her. And at first I thought, well, I don't get it. But boy, did it start to come together for me that net playing was fun and it was cute, but net webbing is strategic. Yeah. And net webbing is when you are, because also there are people that will say, well, I don't go out and physically network. I do all of my networking, if you will, on the web, on the internet, et cetera. And people just simply don't like the word network. So net web is just another way of looking at creating that web that I was talking about, giving us a different a, a, a different mindset. Get away from the word we don't like. Let's start using a new word that actually means what we're saying. Create a net web, just like the, the the net web that we're all on when we're doing and when we're internet. And looking at the web from the spider's position of instead of working, let's web it. Let's create that net web so that we are capturing and sitting back and having all that that which we want come to us. Absolutely. And you you address three different components of this. You talk about intention, mm. attention, and retention. Tell us about that. That sounds like a, a game plan. Thank you so much for having read the book and been such a great student. I started channeling uh, um, uh, alliteration, alliteration uh, about two years ago, and everything I do seems to come in threes. So we want to set intention, we want to pay attention, and we want to create retention. And what that simply means, Brian, is we want to set intention before any connecting opportunity. I've been calling it connecting lately, as a matter of fact. People don't quite know yet what netwebbing is, although they are learning, um, and they don't want to network, but what they do want to do is, is connect. And I know we're getting ready to come up on a break here in just a minute, and I'll get into more detail after that, but mm-hmm. before we step into a conversation on the phone, walk into an event, before we are even doing a Facebook Live or sending an email or a text or anything, setting the intention, you know, are we present in our bodies? Are we conscious of what we're getting ready to communicate to that other person when we're getting ready to walk into an event are we postured packaged positioned as the expert that we want to be are we setting the intention that people see receive and perceive us the way that we want to be seen absolutely we've got maybe a minute and a half or so to the break so i do want to ask how do you determine who is a good fit to work with you because Honestly, if you're trying to work with everybody, you're going to have some miserable experiences because you don't want everyone in your web. That is the truth. My people, Brian, thank you for asking, are visionary entrepreneurs. They are thought leaders. They can be all the way up to multi-million dollar businesses and big business owners, but they are people who simply want to take their net webbing, their connecting to another level, especially when it comes to cause marketing. And we're going to finish up talking about intention, attention, retention before we get into the leg up yoga move of cause marketing. But my people are the ones that want to have influence, impact and income all at the same time. Fantastic. We are coming up against our next break. We're talking with Cammie Baker. Her book is called Mingle to Millions, and you can probably find that on Amazon and at CammieBaker.com. Am I right about that? That's, that's right. 
Awesome. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Cami Baker. You can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, leave a review. That would be great. You can also get my new book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, on Amazon or in Barnes & Noble. So before the break, we were talking about netwebbing, and we were talking about intention, attention, and retention, which is a really great game plan to get new clients. And so let's finish that discussion, Cami. Absolutely, and I just want to make a comment about the the plug there on your uh, the the guy the announcer on your radio. He said to learn that anybody can do it, guys. If I can do this, anybody can do it. If I can go from being a full blown alcoholic wanting to commit suicide and just feeling useless and worthless to fixing my mindset and stepping into a new way of being, I, I just want to throw that out there. If I can do this, anybody can do it. And these steps that we're going to talk about, these three pillars are a real simple way of remembering. So, you know, we talked a little bit about setting the intention before said event. Now, let's talk about paying attention. Just to keep it simple, let's say this is if we're walking into an event. This could be on a phone conversation. This could be a Zoom. This could be in, in many different ways of connecting with another human being. But if we're in an, an event, we want to pay attention <clears throat> to how we are being received and perceived. How is, our, how is our body language? How is the body language of other people in the room? Are we walking in with confidence and purpose? You know, and, and there's four different personality styles, and we don't have time to get into all that. But if you're amiable, if you are an introvert as opposed to an extrovert, all of those things are fine. This isn't about being somebody that you're not. This is about owning 
your space, owning your power of who you are, and just feeling super confident that what you have to offer and what you have to share and how you serve people is at the highest level always, having integrity. So paying attention to all of that. And it includes, look, paying attention to what you're wearing. It's not just what you wear, it's how you wear it. If you look at the cover of my book, I've got on a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, and a blazer, and some rockin' heels. And the thing is, that's my brand now. That's what I wear everywhere I go, and thank God for that because I can travel with a backpack. I created that brand for me because in a pair of nice jeans, a nice belt, a T-shirt like I have that says Fabulous Fierce and on Fire, it turns me on. I'm confident. It is who I am. I'm in my power. So it's not that you have to have on a $1,000 Gucci suit or something. It's a matter of, of owning that which you are being in the moment. So, you know, really paying attention to your language to how you're talking to people. We'll talk about, you know, the whole dreaded what do you do question in the 30-second elevator pitch, but but that's the part about really paying attention. How are people looking at you? How are you shaking hands? Just all of the paying attention to being in the moment and being seen and being heard and being the authority. Does that make sense, Bri? Yes, it does. Absolutely. So let me ask you, if you're at an event and you notice that a dozen people there do exactly what you do, how do you stand apart? Because if you're all doing the same thing, how, how do you distinguish yourself? Well, thank you for saying that because that is a misconception so many people have. You're all doing the exact same thing. No, 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 Mo Frere, I would beg to differ. We are Even if there's 12 real estate agents in the room, they all do it differently. They all have different personalities, different approaches, different levels of professionalism, different levels of intellect and competency, etc. Yes. The problem is, is that most people see everyone else as competition, and therefore they think, oh, well, they do what I do. First of all, that's just really not the case. But second of all, you know, it's so important that we that we not be Pavlov's dog, meaning we, you know, when the de- the bell rings, the dog salivates. We walk into an event, ding, ding, ding. We say to people, "What do you do? What do you do? What do you do?" That's that's the salivating. And so when we can get a hold of ourselves, this is part of the whole, you know, setting the intention and paying attention. Pay attention. Know that when you walk in there, everybody's going to say, what do you do? You don't have to be the monkey. You don't have to be the dog that salivates everywhere. Get a hold of yourself. So you learn to start asking more intriguing questions. What are you working on right now? What excites you? What's a book that you've read lately that you would, uh, you know, that you would recommend? Who's the most successful person in the room? Can you introduce me to him? There's lots of different things that you can say to people, and there's lots of different ways that you can answer the whole what do you do question. So the second time we salivate is when somebody else, ding, 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 what do you do? And we as the dog want to salivate our conditioned response of here's my 30-second elevator pitch. And the problem with that is, is that we are limiting ourselves we are putting our, ourselves in a, in a hole. We're pigeonholing ourselves. I'm a speaker. Well, that's not all you do. You know, for me personally, I mean, I'm a speaker. I'm a coach. I, I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. I'm an author. I speak about cause marketing. I help people get on stages to be seen and heard. I help people with basic networking. And on top of that, I'm a mother, and I do antique car shows. And in other words, we all have a ton of different dimensions. And so when we can simply get a hold of ourselves in the moment and stop salivating and being conditioned and learn people are going to ask us what do you do that's okay 
It's ignorant because they just don't know any better. And ignorance is not a, it doesn't mean we're stupid. It means we've just never been taught or learned a different way. So if they're going to ask that, that's fine. We just want to get a hold of ourselves. Absolutely. So let me just ask, because a lot of people leave events, networking events, live events, conferences, and whatever, and they've, they've got these cards, why don't people follow up? I mean, isn't the point to get to know someone and, and nurture a relationship? But it, for some people, it just ends after the event. It is fascinating. It is Absolutely fascinating. Because <laughs> I had a mentor years ago who taught me, Cammie, don't be frustrated by what people do or don't do. Be fascinated. Be fascinated. Learn from it. So there's a couple of things that we can do to stop being the one who, who does that. So first of all, let's focus on the few as opposed to the many. We become the squirrel and we leave that event with 10 or 15 or 20 cards. The pro and, and this depends. Like if it's a one-hour networking event versus a, a, a full day or a full three-day event, then of course there's different numbers to play with here. But if it's a one-hour event, you shouldn't be leaving with more than three cards. You mm -hmm. couldn't have connected with people, like really honestly connected with them. Could you have grabbed 100 cards? Sure you could. But if you grab more than three or four, what you're doing is <clears throat> you're actually clouding. You're, you're, you're hiding the, the 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 good contacts that you made with all these cards of people that you don't know. And so you're standing there looking at these 10 cards. You're rearranging them on your desk. You're thinking about, should I call this person? Who are they? Do they remember me? What should I say? I'm not sure how to follow up. What if they don't like me? Do I even remember them? All this stuff is going on in our head, and we end up not following up with anybody because we just get confused. Confused people do nothing. We put the stack right. of cards in a different place in our desk, and we think we'll follow up later, and we never do. Yeah. So if you're at so, a speed networking event, does the game change a little bit? Well, so so first of all, when I talk to people about this, I, I, I usually have them do the pledge where they pledge to never, ever ask for another contact information again unless they have every intention of following through and they do it within a week. So speed networking would be just like skunking. Here's yeah. my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. So just because somebody shoves a card in your hand, there is no obligation there on your part to follow up. You didn't ask for the card. You didn't know them. You didn't build a relationship or a connection. I'm talking about when you ask for cards. So the pledge that I have right. people do when I'm on the stage is I swear I will not ask for another contact information or business card unless I have full intention of following up. So if you're going to ask somebody for a card, have intention of following up because here's the thing. I just did this on the stage this past week. There's the whole front row was full of women. I said, ladies, if you're at a bar and a guy asks you for your number and you give him your number and he doesn't call, what do you think about that guy? And in unison, you can imagine the sounds that came out of that, that row. Mm -hmm. Because that's how we feel about people who don't keep their word, have no integrity, don't follow up, don't follow through. And that's what happens at business events, too. It's unspoken, and we don't think about it so much. But subconsciously, when you ask for somebody's card and you don't follow up, shame on you. You just told a lie. You're out of integrity. Exactly. So let's just say that we have been a skunk and we've all probably done it at one time or another. And you've got a lot of business cards lying around that you haven't ever contacted. And these could be several years old. How do you skillfully reopen that conversation? 
Great, great question. And there's a whole chapter in my book on cleaning up the wreckage of the past. Yes. So if we're going to make this pledge that moving forward, I will never take another card unless I follow up. Well, Cammie, what do I do with these cards from last week and last month and six years ago and all the people that I knew in a business 15 years ago? Look, this is how you clean up the wreckage of the past. You fall, you call that per Yes, that's right. Your phone actually makes a phone call. You don't have to text or email. But even if you texted or email or Facebook, you could do that. But let's pretend we're actually going to pick up our, we're going to put on our big girl panties and our big boy underoos and pick up the phone. If we were to call somebody from three months ago, here's what it would look like to me. I would call you up and I would say, ring, ring. Hey, Brian? Yes. Brian, this is Cammie Baker. We met at an event about three months ago and I just want to apologize. I promised you that I would send you a link to another networking event, and I totally dropped the ball. I just want to apologize for that and let you know that I've got another link that I'm sending over right now. Oh, okay. Okay. So so now that I've cleaned up my side of the street, and this happens all the time. Think about it. Somebody calls you up and says, you know what? I've been thinking about you on your birthday. I've been thinking about you at Christmas time. I promised you that, that I would stop by and see the new house, and I haven't done that. I'm really sorry. You would do what you just did. You would say, oh, okay, well, you know what? I could have followed up with you too, Cammie. No worries. How, how are the kids? In Absolutely. other words, own it, clean up your side of the street, and then move on. Just today, I sent a text to a guy I went on a date with about a month ago. We had great chemistry. It was great. He kept dropping the ball. I let it I let it sit for about a month. I text him today. He sends me a text back immediately. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you reached out. I felt so bad about dropping the ball, and I didn't know how to reach out to you. We have a date tonight. Nice. That's so wonderful. The thing is, is just clean up your side of the street, own it, and move forward. Fantastic. And we've got less than two minutes for our next break. And so I do want to ask real quickly, how important is it to say no in your business? Huh. Boy, you know, Warren Buffett says it's the best thing he ever learned how to do. Say no 99 times to every one time you say yes. Now, in the beginning, I would say that you need to say yes to a lot of things, including speaking for free, speaking for free, speaking for free. Because when we get out and be seen and be heard and be on that stage, we be the authority. And that's the best way to get experience, own your space, and get clients is by saying yes to every event you can speak at. Yeah, absolutely. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how fast this has gone. I say this every week, but it's still true. We're talking with Cammie Baker. and Her book is called Mingle to Millions. You can find it at CammieBaker.com. That is C-A-M-I. B-A-K-E-R, CammieBaker.com. You can also find it on Amazon. And when we come back from our break, I'm going to ask her, and this, this does happen, sometimes we're starting new businesses or sometimes we are an established business person and we move to a brand new market. If you are metaphorically or literally starting all over, what is the first thing Cammie Baker would do? We will ask her that when we come back from the break and we will... Uh, move down toward the home stretch because we've only got one segment left. Please stay with us. Don't go away. This is Success Profiles Radio. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. a secret? Apparently most women can't. According to a London study, on average, a woman can only keep a secret for about 32 minutes. One in ten women quiz said they'd had a falling out with a friend over letting secrets slip. Plastic surgery, people involved in dalliances, canoodling, and relationship problems topped the list shared in Hugger Mugger. Do the Britons gossip more than Americans? Probably not, but they certainly read more tabloids. What's a word for the enjoyment of reading about another's troubles? Schadenfreude. A quidnunc is another word for a gossip. And Alice Roosevelt Longworth said it best at a dinner party. If you can't say something good about someone, sit right here by me. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and down the stretch we come. We've been talking about net webbing. We've talked about intention. We've talked about attention. And we need to talk about retention. So let's do that, Cami. So creating retention is way easier when we first set intention and paid attention. In other words, the creating retention part is about the follow-up, the follow-through. <clears throat> Why is it that people don't do that? Well, as we've been talking about, you get too many cards. You're afraid to reach out. You don't bother to reach out. You don't know what to say. You didn't build any rapport. It's kind of like trying to build a house when there was no foundation poured first. It might. It's just not going to work. And so creating retention is all about the follow-up and the follow-through and how we're reaching out to people. So let's say, for example, we took those three business cards at this last event that we went to, but but we did it with intention. We, we actually had eye-to-eye contact. We spent some really quality time. We didn't ask them, what do you do? What do you do? We said, hey, what are you working on right now? Or tell me something about you that has nothing to do with where you're from or what you do. And we created a really meaningful, masterful, memorable conversation with that person to the point where we said, you know what, Mary, I, I am so engaged in what we're talking about. I don't want to take up any more of your time here at this event. Let's go ahead and create the, the follow-up call right now, and then we'll part ways and we'll, we'll speak a little bit later. See, now Mary's expecting the, the call. Maybe we were smart enough and savvy enough and leveraged our time enough that we went ahead and just set it up with her right then and there. And now when we talk to her next Tuesday, maybe we've actually already sent over a link to her favorite sushi restaurant because that's what we were talking about. You know, or maybe we sent a coupon or something about a you know a place where she can get 50% off a pair of shoes or whatever that is. I mean, in other words, creating the value. So 
even if we didn't set the call or the Zoom or the coffee up with Mariette, we can always reach out and, and send that piece of value. We always remind the person who we are. There's nothing worse than having a call from somebody well, actually, it's good to get a call from anybody these days because nobody wants to pick up the phone. Right. But if if they do pick up the phone and it's like, hey, how you doing? And, and the first thing you have to do is figure out who they are. You don't even know who they are. So it's always important to say, hey, this is Cami Baker. We met at the Chamber event last Tuesday. I was wearing the fabulous red shoes. How are you? Oh, hey, Cami, how are you doing? See, now that person can glide smoothly into conversation without trying to figure out who you are. So creating retention requires having that strategy and leveraging our time and and you know networking doesn't work because it's random activity net webbing leverages time through using these planned strategies not the least of which is another point that I can share with everybody for when you are moving to a new area which I believe is something that you've mentioned me uh, talking about yes absolutely so if you were moving to a brand new area and you were starting all over again, what's the first thing you would do? Well, and this has actually happened for me more than once in my life, and a friend of mine right now is actually living into this, moving to another part of the country and doing a fabulous job of what I'm getting ready to talk about. One of the things, the philosophies that, that I teach is research, reach out, relationship build. Research, reach out, relationship build. Whether you're going to stay in your own marketplace or create another one, if you're let's say you're in a new you're in Miami, new town and you're wanting to meet a lot of people fast. Well, instead of just randomly going to a networking event, showing up late, throwing a bunch of cards out and waiting for people to call, how about if we researched who was going to be there? And I'm not talking about hours, days and weeks. I'm talking about taking 30 seconds to look at somebody's profile. So if you're going to a meetup.com, for example, you can see the list of all the people that are going. But even if it's not that, look at the speaker, look at the organizer, the leaders of the people that are going to be at this event. And most of the times you can find out who's going to be there to a certain extent. When you research those folks and you reach out, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, email, whatever that looks like, when you reach out, now there's a certain way that I do this too, and I was just doing it today on, on LinkedIn with some folks. When we reach out, we want to have that be in three parts too. Number one, we want it to be something personal. Hey, I love your headshot. Who did your headshot? I'm looking to have new ones done. Hey, I love the name of your group. Fabulous and fierce. That's part of my tagline. I love the name of the group. In other words, that personal thing that you say gets their attention so that they know that this is a personal message and not just a copied and paste sales pitch. The second part of it is a body of, of why you're sending this to them. Hey, I'm going to be at the same event that you're speaking at in two days. I wanted to reach out and let you know that I'm looking forward to meeting you and hearing what you have to say, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that looks like. And the third part of this reach out is now a call to action. So instead of leaving it hanging with, look forward to seeing you at the event, now we want to have a call to action and actually say, hey, you know, maybe you could save me a seat up front. Could you save me one or could you save me two seats and I'll bring a friend? That's just an example of a call to action to instigate conversation. Now, not everybody's going to reach out and, uh, and, and start to, to create that relationship with you, but there's power in what you've just done. 
Because if it's the speaker in the room and you actually do get some banter going back and forth, now when you walk into that venue, you can say, hey, I'm looking for Brian Wright. And they're like, oh, she knows Brian. And then they introduce me. And, my, and, and instead of me sticking my hand out saying, hey, my name's Cammie Baker. What do you do? Now it's me wide armed and coming at you with a hug. Oh, my God, it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah. Absolutely. So now that, I've, now that I've met you as the leader and the organizer of the group, everybody around me doesn't know that I just met you two days ago on Facebook. They don't know. All they see is me talking to the leader, and that association elevates who I am in the room immediately. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and this is so powerful. I always go for the biggest dog in the room. That's that's just me. But even if it's not the biggest dog, even if you want to take a big step back and just reach out to two or three or four other people that are going to be in the room. Now, once again, we're moving smoothly from from communicating to conversating. And now we're straight into collaborating with these people as we walk in the room instead of sticking our hand out. Hey, my name's Cammie. What do you do? Now we come up, we give them a hug. Oh, my God, it's so nice to finally meet you. And now we can move straight into collaboration. That person starts to introduce me around, and it is magic. Yeah. I find that when I meet people for the first time, and I've started doing this, instead of asking what do you do, I ask, so what are you excited about these days? It gives people to explore their place of joy and share that. Who doesn't want to talk about that? Well, exactly. And you'll notice that when you say something like that, just like when I say – I like to say this question because it makes people stop and think. When I say, tell me something about you that has nothing to do with your work or where you're from, they literally stop, they look up to the left, and they think about it and ponder for a minute. It's just like when Anthony Robbins in I'm Not Your Guru, when he uses the F-bomb, he says one of the reasons he uses that is because it brings people back into out of, out of their hypnosis of what do you do, what do you do, what do you do, in my case – to bringing them back present, they have to think about it. And when they think about it, they come up with something that they love. Well, I'm working on a project with my kids or my grandkids are, and I are going to Disney World next weekend or I'm remodeling a car or I'm buying a new house or I'm writing a book. Like whatever that is, now that they've gotten present, they've had to think about it. And now that they're in a place of happiness, guess what? What you just said. Now that, they, that they're talking about something that they love, they have a, a, a dopamine rush. And yeah. they feel good with a serotonin rush. See, art and science of building business relationships is just that. There's a science to making other people feel good in your presence. They don't consciously know, wow, she just gave me a dopamine rush. I feel great in this serotonin that I'm swirling around in. They don't yeah. think that, but that's exactly what's happening. You, Brian, by being different and not saying what do you do, but what excites you, what gets you motivated, what gets you up in the morning, you just gave them a rush of the good feeling drug, and that's what they remember when they think about you. Yeah. So we've got about five minutes or so to the end. So let me just ask you a, f a few different types of questions. I want to ask you, what is your superpower? You know, what is my superpower? I had, I've got several of them, actually. Um, I had a medicine man tell me one time that my superpower, one of them is that I am clarity. And when he said that, I thought, well, that's boring. But then he explained. He, we had been together for a couple of days at this event. He said, no, Cammy, you're clear in your communication. People understand what you're saying. You help people break it down. Intention, attention, retention, 
research, reach out, relationship build. There's clarity in that, and that is a superpower. Absolutely. What has surprised you about your journey? Oh, you know what? I don't think anything surprises me anymore. I think it's it's just a level of fascination, I think, that gets larger and larger. What I'm really fascinated by right now is how antisocial social media has made us. Yeah. And how people really, really hold off and put off and are so afraid of real human interaction. They're so afraid of that follow-up. They are so excited when you take a card and give them a card and put them on your schedule. But my Lord, to get them on the phone is just, it's like pulling teeth. People are so afraid of being judged, of not being good enough, of being seen for who they really are, but wanting to be seen for who they really are. It's just fascinating. And we're at the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week was Cami Baker. Her book is called Mingle to Millions. You can find that on Amazon. You can find it at CamiBaker.com, C-A-M-I-B-A-K-E-R, CamiBaker.com. And please join us next week when I interview another world-class expert to talk about what they did to be successful, what they overcame, and the journey that we can learn from. Join us next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, and I look forward to seeing you then. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to 